I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. The Armor of God, Part 4, The Sword of the Spirit When I was a college student, I tried desperately to enroll in a fencing class. My college required physical education, and I thought it would be fun to learn the dance-like moves associated with sword fighting. Alas, the class was always full, and I never got to take it. I'm still intrigued by the sport of fencing, but today's fencing is far different from the bloody duels engaged in throughout history, some of which involved a fight to the death. The battle we are in for our very souls is a high-stakes duel as well. The sword of the Spirit component in the whole armor of God is an integral part of our best defense, but is also helpful for going on the offense. This aspect of spiritual warfare once puzzled me to no end. Because it says in James 4-7, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I always tried to ignore the fact that Satan's minions perpetuated evil schemes. But then I began to understand how vulnerable of a sheep I really was, and my perspective changed. In Mark 6:34, we are told of Christ's compassion on mankind as he compared them to a sheep without a shepherd. In 1 Peter 5:8, we learn that Satan is anxious to prey upon unsuspecting believers and even off-guard, oblivious, sanctified sinners. When we access God's strength, it's made perfect in our weakness, as Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 12:7 12, to 12. We come face to face with our fragile selves and at last recognize our need for a divine general. We can adapt his strategies and ask God to defeat destructive strategies before they ever get a foothold. For years, when it came to attacks and schemes from the enemy, I underestimated the importance of offense. I was not mindful of how actively Satan is at work to keep me ineffective at best and utterly useless at my very worst. Because I am, like many writers, a deep-feeling, emotional person, I have to work at fighting against unproductive feelings in order to get many things accomplished. In other words, I battle lethargy, indifference, feelings of inadequacy, low self-worth, imposter syndrome issues, and even garden-variety depression at times. Maybe you do as well. But rather than simply give in to these obstacles and arrows flung by Satan to render me unproductive, I simply inhale a deep breath and fill myself up with the Holy Spirit standing firm with his sword of truth in hand. I remember that the sword is not only useful for just blocking arrows. I can use it to wield an offensive jab at a threat at any time. And as I do this, I can rest assured that I will have the victory, because we are, as we are reminded in Second Chronicles 20.15, belonging to Christ, and the battle belongs to the Lord. And as I do this, I can rest assured that I will have the victory, because, as we are reminded in Second Chronicles 20.15, the battle belongs to the Lord. Join me in trusting God to provide the weapons we need, including the sword of the Spirit, to help us win the battle against our enemies. Join me in asking God to bolster our offense with a fresh, mighty infusion of the Holy Spirit. Finally, let's thank God in advance for the victory He's already assured us will be ours, and for the taking and start behaving 
what we believe. I'd like to share an excerpt now from my third book, The Vault Door, and it's entitled Precious Scents, Distilling and Refining Our Fragrance. Few people go out to their garden, rub themselves with a flower, and hope to smell good for the rest of the day, because there's no way they will. Consumers usually buy a fragrance primarily because the tedious process, combined with the vast amount of ingredients needed, is such a huge undertaking. Commercial fragrances are a combination of a variety of organic floral material and plant material. These raw materials are dissolved in a solvent, resulting in the creation of desired aromatic components. Eventually, the solvent is removed, and the remaining mixture is the stuff of which the ultimate fragrance is made, bottled, packaged, and sold. Whenever a fragrance is made, a vessel is required that can literally take the heat, as heating the compound may be necessary in the scent-making process. A Christian is the vessel God uses to create a sweet fragrance, which results from the obedience and devotion to God. Mature Christians understand they will face trials and adapt themselves to take the heat through faith, the power of prayer, and support from fellow vessels. They give God their raw materials, their talents, their energy, their schedules, and their agendas. God permits their submersion into the solvent of hardship to extract their essences. Our vessels take the heat and yield the fragrance they were born to create. But creating any fragrance requires time, patience, and the knowledge that each step brings the comprehensive process closer to completion. Being mindful of this when we are in the middle of seemingly unbearable adversity will further our scent-making process and can help spur us on to complete the race that God has marked out for us, as we're told in Hebrews 12.1. On days when I imagine what heaven will be like, I wonder about the fragrance aspect. When all the saints are gathered in the New Jerusalem, I can't help but imagine the aromatic environment we will enjoy. The hard-won perfume of each believer will mingle in exquisite harmony with the scents of all the other saints. Imagine this, intermingled with notes of our heartfelt prayers from the golden bowl and the precious mixture of frankincense and myrrh. What a feast for the senses this will be. When we use our mind's eye to imagine eternity, the resulting hope can spur us on, even when life truly stinks. Concentration camp survivor, psychiatrist, and author Victor Frankl tells of an ill fellow inmate at Auschwitz who was near her life's end in his famous book, Man's Search for Meaning. Surprisingly, she expressed gratitude to him regarding the suffering that she had endured. In my former life, I was spoiled and did not take spiritual accomplishments seriously. Outside the shabby hut of their confines sat a chestnut tree. The woman told him that the tree, the only friend in her loneliness, spoke to her saying, I am here, I am here, I am life, eternal life. And the keys to kingdom living are, permit your vessel to take the heat as it transforms raw materials into the unique sweet fragrance only each Christ follower can produce. And the doorpost is, how delightful your love is. Your love is much better than wine and the fragrance of your perfume than any balsam. And that's from Song of Solomon 4, 10-14. 
Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon.